It's the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host, Voice Over Legal. That's the name of the book, essential information you need to successfully manage your voiceover and business issues. Rob is the name of the guest that we have, but he's got a special last name. I'll let him pronounce it. Rob? Rob Siglum Peglia. How you doing? Rob, Rob Siglum Peglia. Remember that name because it's a, it's a niche uh, industry that you have. You're a lawyer and you have a book, once again, Voice Over Legal. And welcome to the program. Thanks. Great to be here. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bayerdynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth To Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And by Hamilton Stands, founded in 1883 in Hamilton, Ohio, Hamilton Stands is the oldest music and instrument stand maker in the world. They offer a broad range of sheet music stands, band and orchestra instrument stands, and combo stands, including mic stands, guitar and keyboard stands, and accessories. In fact, the broadcast you're listening to is made using a Hamilton stage rocker mic stand. Visit HamiltonStands.com. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission, to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics, along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators. So you're an interesting guy because, you know, when you look at the marketplace of, you know, lawyers or when you're trying to incorporate or think about the legal ramifications and issues of starting a, a voiceover business, your name comes up, like one name comes up. What a great niche business that you have. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been at it for a few years now, about 10, 11. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it, it's something that's built up over time, but it's something that's necessary. Um, and not a lot of attorneys understand the voiceover end of it. So it, uh, it's, you know, it's a good combination to have, like you said. Yeah, we'd like to find out why that is because in, in the niche market that you've carved out, but it's almost like the hair club for men. I'm not saying you are, but I'm saying where someone says not only, you know, I'm also uh, a client, you're, you're a voiceover artist yourself. You're also an actor. Uh, like a triple threat there, you know, and a lawyer. So um, tell us about getting into the business, first of all, and, and why you chose this niche market. Sure. Yeah, I, I, um, I started, what, probably about 15 years ago or so. Um, and I just took it, I just took a, an adult ed class on a whim. I just, you know, I was flipping through an adult ed continuing legal education, uh, continuing education book. And I, I saw a class about, uh, use your voice. <laughs> and I just thought it would be fun. And I took, I took a class and, and, uh, 
I really liked it, obviously. And uh, so I went on to, to uh, do some more training and um, I got into actually started to work in the business. Um, and then what happened was as I started meeting people, other voiceover artists, you know, I started to go to um, conventions, conferences. Artists would ask me, they'd ask me all these legal questions when they found out I was an attorney. So basically what I did was I started writing down all of those questions that I would get. Um, and I, that's how the book voiceover legal was born, the common questions and, and answers. Um, and that's the basic outline of, of the book. So. so is it like that commercial where they say, you know, my ex, uh, <laughs> someone says my ex to try and reach me to get some legal advice and, and who's a lawyer and never call me back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we, pretty we, much bombarded with all that but here it is in the book and and it, you're the only one that i know that has a book like this so again a voiceover legal uh is it difficult all this uh not really but it's something that a lot of uh any artists especially voiceover artists they don't think about when they start to embark in the the journey um you know because it is it's an art based craft uh but they don't think about the business side a lot of times and these are things that any artist, voiceover artists, actors, photographers, they need to, if they want to make money in the business, they need to consider these things. So that's why it's very important. Um, and it's, it's business and legal, are, they're mixed. You know, they, they overlap very much. So, um, and that's what the book's about. Let's start with uh, some of the difficulties that people run into. They get into it as a hobby, maybe the first right. and dabble with it and figure that, you know, uh, what are some of the dangers if you don't do this right legally as far as a voiceover business? Well, I mean, how to set up the business, first of all, is the, the first consideration. So, and uh, if you don't do it properly, you're going to have tax issues that, that are going to come up. Um, so, if people are starting it out, starting out as a hobbyist, say, um, in the voiceover business, um, they're going to be considered a sole proprietor right off the bat. Um, cause that's kind of the default, you know, if you're doing business and you don't have any structure, that's what you're considered under the law, sole proprietor. Um, so if you're not keeping track of uh, the money that you're making and the expenses, um, you could end up with a huge tax bill at the end of the year. Um, you know, there's, there's all those business, normal business things that, that apply to voiceover just as much as anybody else. And is it so, tempting, especially this time, you know, during tax season, let's just say, you know, is it tempting for people to say, look, this was a hobby really, you know, I'm not really into it that much. Uh, so someone might say, and, um, and they don't include it in their taxes. Is that, is that a, um, a temptation? Well, I mean, Sure. If, if, if you don't track the income and the expenses, then it's really hard to report it, you know? So, but I mean, if you're doing jobs um, that are more than $600 per job, you're going to get 1099s. You know, you're going to get the, 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 the people that hired you are going to send you a 1099 form and then you kind of have to report it. So then, you know, if you, if you kind of don't know what you're, if you're kind of just a hobbyist and not, knowing what you're doing business-wise, you know, it could really, it could be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. And that's, that's the basis of, again, the book, because 
the first thing that uh, voice any artist, especially a voiceover artist, should think about is how they want to set up their business. Do they want to be a sole proprietor? Do they want to be set up an, uh, an LLC or a corporation? Um, you know, what kind of name do they want to use? Do they want to use their own name or do they want to have um, a special business name? Kind, you know, kind of the same thing that any anybody starting up a business would consider. Yeah, I just like the fact that you cater. You, I think that makes it easier for people. And and it's such a popular uh, market today, the voiceover industry. So um, do you get a lot of people since you've simplified it for people? And of course, you're a lawyer in all respects. And by the way, what kind of lawyer are you apart from, you know, a VO voiceover lawyer? Well, I do uh, workers' compensation. I'm a workers' comp specialist. Um, I do real estate and foreclosures and litigation. Um, and then entertainment in the form of voiceovers. And I also do, uh, since I do on-camera work, I also um, do uh, film and TV legal yeah. I produce I produce as well. I have a couple of films actually that I've produced. Yeah, I saw, you know, people go on your website and, uh, you know, I'm going to butcher your last name. I just know it, you know, but uh, uh, Siglum Peglia. That's right. There you it? go. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, nice. you, yeah, Robert Siglum Peglia dot com. And I actually saw a commercial you did. I, thought, I said, wait, do I know him? I mean, was this a, like, you know, uh, you have that face, uh, kind of like the dad of 90210. <laughs> well, I was I'm, I was the dad in the Super Chevy Super Bowl commercial, so that's uh, awesome. That was the probably the the most prominent job that well, I've done. Well, you've gotten the attention of a lot of people. I mean, uh, Ra, I was going to say that James Alberger, okay, yep. is one. Um, you've got uh, Betty Zoller. Uh, there's Mark Cashman, David Goldberg, who is the owner of uh, and director of Edge Studio. So you're getting the best in the business. Take notice. Uh, of you and there's more too. That's just a fraction of the list. So, um, tell me what it's like to handle uh, talent, and what are some of the things that people can expect when they read your book? Uh, well, talent. Um, any artist, um, they they want to concentrate on their on their craft, which is great. Um, but I have to keep reminding them that there's the business side too. That's very important. Um, where if you really want to make money off your craft, you have to understand the business side. So that's the part that I can guide. I mean, I, I'm an artist myself, so I, people, I understand what they're going through. And that's one of the reasons why people connect with me, artists. But I need, I can also guide them um, in the, on the business and legal end of things. And that's the part that many, 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 most artists, they, that's the part they really don't understand. And that's, it's, a, it's a big mystery to them. And so I can clear that up for them. And I'm sure they get a lot of confidence because, you know, you get, it's confident when people say yes rather than a rejection. And then they get to take care of their own financial matters. I mean, I'm sure people's confidence soars as well when they handle it legally and do the right thing. Exactly. What, and the, the book is, uh, it's written in very simple language for that reason so that it's not intimidating and not scary to the artist because it can be very intimidating and very scary. And that's why a lot of artists shy away from it because, you know, they're, they're intimidated by it. So it doesn't have to be that way. And I try to make it easy for them so that you're right. Once they understand the, the basic structure of things, they can run with it and they can, they can build their own careers and they can file their own taxes and they, they know what to do. So let's try to sensationalize this a little bit. <laughs> what are, what are some of like the worst things 
that can happen or, or when a person chooses uh, maybe the wrong name? Or what are some of the scenarios that you've been surprised about the most uh, since you've been uh, a lawyer in the, the voiceover business? I mean, there's different things. Um, the business side, uh, you know, the taxes, that's, that's the kind of, that's probably the scariest thing um, that an artist can face is, you know, not reporting taxes properly and have, having to deal with audits with the IRS. Um, but, you know, but on the other side, you know, there, there could be claims that are made against artists that they don't realize, you know, like social media is a big area of claims these days where um, talent will put things up on social media that they shouldn't that get them in, into trouble. Um, and that's also part of the business side. Like you want to promote yourself, but you, you, you want to keep yourself out of, out of legal trouble. You know, like if you're doing work for say a pharmaceutical company, you can't advertise that. You can't put that up because they're under such um, strict regulation um, that anything that gets out into the public can get the artist in, in trouble. So mm. that's a, that's a big area. For, uh, that's that's someone asking for help right now. Legal trouble right there. <laughs> it is. You can, get, you can get that if you want. I mean, it's business. God wait, seriously. No, it's all right. No I problem. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind. Um, so, um, you know, you have a, a chapter here in corporate or not a cautionary tale, and so it seems like okay, hey, this is just a hobby. And uh, I don't know how serious I'm really going to be, somebody might say. You know, they, they do that with the equipment. You know, guess they get the best equipment you can afford if you're getting into a voiceover. But uh, what's, what's the cautionary tale for this? Well, uh, as far as the, um, the, the uh, cautionary tale for whether to, to incorporate or whether not to incorporate, um, the reason any business owner, especially a voiceover artist incorporates is to protect their legal, their, their uh, personal assets. Um, because the last thing you want to do is go out into a, a great fun, potential money-making venture and then get sued personally and, you know, lose your whatever assets that, that you've accumulated. So that's the reason to set up the, uh, the LLC or the corporation. As far as the tax aspect of it, um, the IRS uh, will consider you a hobbyist if you haven't made a profit three out of the last five years. So um, sometimes... That, forgive me for interrupting. Is that more than $20,000 or what would that number be? for? Nope, nope. You just have to have be profitable. It could be a dollar. Oh, um, I see. Three of the last five. So um, when you're first starting out in voiceover, you're probably not going to make a profit. But so, But if you set it up correctly, you can write off your expenses so that you may have a loss, which will come off your, your income. Um, you know, and that's fine. You could take the loss, but if you're doing that consistently every year, then the IRS is going to come in and they're going to probably say that you're a hobby. However, if you set up, if you've gone through all the proper governmental procedures and set up your LLC, got your, you know, your tax IDs and all those things, it's more likely that you can argue, even though you haven't made a profit over five years, it's just because of business reasons and that you are a, le a legitimate business. So that's one benefit of setting up some kind of corporate structure to show that you're a legitimate and you're not a hobbyist. How is this different than some of the other areas in law? I mean, uh, and does it get kind of like uh, something where you know 
you know it after a while or does it some of the scenarios get a little interesting when you think about some uh, that you dealing with some of the talent out there um this area in particular voiceovers is uh one that is it kind of progresses it's been progressing because it's it really is a, a new industry over the past you know 15 years you know where the the home-based voiceover artist uh is becoming more and more popular so this is a this is an evolving area um in fact one of the one of the current issues now that's going on is artificial intelligence um that's that's a big legal issue now that's starting out and that's going to be you know it's going to be evolving over the the next few maybe in the next 10 years i would say but um you know like for instance there are those there's banks of out there you don't like the Alexas and the Googles yes. um, and the series. Well, voiceover artists uh, have been recording um, for various companies, uh, banks with their voice. And what's going to happen and what's starting to happen is these banks are now being able to create new voiceover. Wow. <laughs> like, you know, you can, you can just have a script being read by Alexa um, based on, the work that the the talent has done as far as setting up those banks by recording a whole bunch of different lines and different phrases and things like that. So now the, you know, one of the questions and one of the concerns of voiceover artists is that, uh, you know, how's my voice going to be used in, in the future? You know, if, I mean, I'm not being asked to record this new information, you know, a new piece uh-huh. of copy because it's being used by a synthetic voice, you know, you know, what are my rights? And, you know, this is, a, it's a big legal question now that uh, is, a, it's uh, becoming a concern. So that's a, the voiceover artist, uh, the voiceover industry is one that uh, presents these, these types of um, new legal questions. I guess with, it would be uh, film and TV as well, you know, and any of the entertainment in, um, industries. Are, that's these, true. These you never know. Things. I guess what's that like the CGI soon it'll be like that with voiceover where people can exactly voices and you're right. And that could present uh, you know, legal trouble as well. Uh, what's the most interesting thing for you? Not only as a, you know, a voiceover actor uh, that you are, but uh, also as a, a lawyer in this field, do you, do you find that other people are, they want to get into the field? Do you ever get other lawyers into the field of voiceover too? Uh, there are um, lawyers that I talk to um, quite a bit that um, either are interested in doing legal aspects of it or they want to actually um, become a voiceover artist. So, yes, I mean, that I, that happens um, quite frequently. Um, it really, any there's it, it kind of runs the gamut as far as um, industries and professionals and and people that are actually wanting to get in, into voiceover. So it's not necessarily just lawyers, but it could be, you know, there's doctors and um, that I talk to. There's, um, you know, just uh, people that sit at a desk that don't want to do that anymore, that, uh, you know, they, they want to get into voiceover. <laughs> it, it runs the gamut. Yeah, I imagine that, you know, having your own business, though. I mean, you can go, you're an actor as well, that you can just go on auditions anytime you want. Exactly, right. Yeah, that, that's uh, being self-employed does give you some flexibility to be able to pursue auditions through for voiceovers for uh for on-camera things um although now um 
a lot of the auditions for on camera and for voiceover are done uh, from your home setups, your home studios. So it's even, it's, you don't have to actually go anywhere anymore as much as you used to, um, which, you know, again, that's another thing that makes the, the profession very appealing is because you can do it from home. So. Well, I was going to ask you ever, you know, get out of recess and just uh, go into your car where, you know, there's good acoustics and just uh, churn out a couple of uh, voiceovers you know, and then go yeah, back and, to court. Do you, do you, ever you do could that? do it in your phone. Do it right from your phone. Too. Right yeah. from the phone. Wow. What yeah, about, I audition on my phone a lot. So <laughs> what about confidentiality? I mean, sometimes is it a one way street sometimes where, you know, voiceover artists, they just want the work, you know, and they just want to be actively doing their craft. But uh, how can they get taken advantage of sometimes? It seems like, you know, you have to fill out a, a confidentiality agreement or a contract. Is it advisable that people fill out these things? Does it always work out in their best interest? And um, can they get taken advantage of? I mean, uh, voiceover artists and actors notoriously get taken advantage of um, every day. It happens every day. And sometimes they don't even understand um, how. And that's, again, that's part of the business side that I try to teach and try to educate my clients. One of the big ways people get taken advantage of is if uh, they get hired, say you get hired to do a voiceover art, uh, a commercial or something. Um, if you don't set out the terms of, of how that commercial is going to be used, you can end up selling your voice for a couple hundred dollars for in perpetuity forever. So the other, you know, they can use it forever and ever and ever. It happens. Ever. Yeah. And this happens. Yeah. It happens every day. So that's one big way um, talent get taken advantage of. And that's, that's the reason why they should have their own contract. And I have a copy of uh, a, a template in my book so that they can set those parameters themselves and have that power themselves and not have to rely on uh, the, the producer or the client giving them a contract dictating those terms. Um, they should you know, definitely be aware of the usage of what they're recording. You know, that kind of goes back to, to the artificial intelligence thing I was talking about earlier. How about getting, you know, the money up front? Is that, is that illegally also something that voiceover artists struggle with as far as, you know, should I get the money up front or do I produce the material first and then get paid? And, and, uh, or do you think that, uh, what's your best practice for that, especially legally? Yeah. Uh, payment, um, when, how, when to ask, that's probably the most awkward thing a new talent faces. Um, and what I've, uh, they, they should, in my opinion, they should definitely get at least half up front, if not the whole thing. Um, because a lot of times your client is, may not even be in the country. They may be in another country when they're hiring you. So you need to protect yourself. The clients need to protect themselves. Um, the talent needs to protect themselves well, to make not, sure. Not too much to ask and say, hey, pay it up front. Even though I haven't produced anything, just pay it up front and uh, they'll be okay with that more than likely. Or half, you know, pay or half, half um, or, you know, put half, uh, uh, give me your credit card number up front and then, you know, charge it for a dollar or something so you know that it's good. And then Sometimes you um, you hear about people like they go into a bank or, or some, some, you know, robbery or whatever, and the person just happens to be an MMA artist. And they, they mess with the wrong person, you know, trying to steal someone's car. And has that, as a talent, has that ever happened to you? Or, you know, you're a voiceover artist and, uh, and uh, hey, hey, fella or whoever it is, you don't know who you're dealing with. I'm a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. Do you ever scare anybody about that? 
Uh, I mean, I try not to pull the lawyer card unless I have to. <laughs> and then most of the time, if it's something that's really, really unfair, I'll just walk away from it. I won't, uh, I won't engage, you know, it's, it's kind of not worth it. So what about some of these big, um, pay for play sites that are out there yes. and things are changing And you know, sometimes voiceover talent, they don't like some of the legal issues. They feel like they have too much control. Um, is that an area too that is because that is growing? Uh, do you see some loopholes there or, or legal issues with the pay for play sites? Oh, absolutely. There, there are a lot of issues, um, not necessarily legal, but uh, business and moral that uh, that uh, are surrounding the the pay to play sites. Um, you know, it, the pay to play sites give people opportunities, which is the advantage of them. But the disadvantage of them is they really do they really have changed the entire industry and how it operates. So, and not necessarily for the better um, because there's, there is more opportunity to take advantage of talent. Like I was talking about before, as far as usage. Usage, Yeah. What goes on behind the restaurant, if you will, (laughs) in the kitchen. Well, Right. The usage part of it, because they, you know, they could, it could, they could easily make it in perpetuity type of arrangement for you know and then it uh it lowers the pay scale as well um you know because it did artists are more likely to do something for a smaller amount of money if they're doing it from their home and just you know recording it and sending it out um so it's not necessarily the way that it used to be where you know a big national commercial would get paid bigger money um you know it's kind of eroding and people blame the pay pay to plays for that. No opinion here, but (laughs) (laughs) those are the advantages and disadvantages. (laughs) Got to do it. Right. But, um, you know, I'm not asking like a row versus way, you know, some of these landmark court decisions, but uh, have there been any that you keep track of as a, as a lawyer uh, when it comes to the voiceover industry or even entertainment industry, but I guess, especially voiceover that, uh, that you've been a part of or that you can see uh, that got your attention. Uh, well, I'm part of a couple of them myself now. Um, usage questions, uh, you know, really, it's like how, what, how far can can um, a, uh, can a your client or a producer go to use your voice? Um, you know, when it comes down to custom and contract and and uh, and those things. But um, you know that that's an area that I I really focus and concentrate on. Um, because that, that and the artificial intelligence are, are two areas that really can get out of hand. So, um, and they really, really can, can, uh, not only harm the individual voice talent, but the whole industry. So, um, those are something that, that I am personally, uh, interested in and follow. You remember there's a movie, I think it was back in the late seventies called my bodyguard. Yes. You remember that? There it goes again. All right. Well, they're, they're, you're, you know, you do some good business. And I'm trying to, it, what, just as long as we were, we're asking, what's the percentage here as far as calls for acting, voiceover, and legal? Um, mostly, mostly legal. Um, and acting and voiceover, you know, I get a good bit too, but uh, legal's the, the most. Um, I would probably say it's like 80 20. 80 20. Legal. 80 legal, 20 uh, voiceover and acting. 
And getting back to my bodyguard. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad you knew that movie when they say, hey, Rudy, you know, I want you to meet my bodyguard. You know, this was about in, in high school where the kids were being bullied and someone finds a bodyguard. And so, uh, but you give a little bit of muscle in this business where people, people do feel pushed around sometimes right. because uh, they don't feel like they, and so to see this book, it was like a light, you know, voice over legal, essential information you need to successfully manage your voiceover and business issues. And I'll get the name right too. Rob Siglimpaglia is our special guest. He's a lawyer. He's an actor. He's a voiceover actor. And, uh, you know, of course he joins us. And so, um, do you, you know, you should have your own podcast. I was going to say, you probably get calls all the time. You <laughs> people, you know, have like a hotline and, uh, your clientele all around the world. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Wow. wow. <clears throat> hmm. And with big names too, that are supporting your book as far as, uh, you know, testimonials and so forth. Um, I mean, I imagine it, it, it doesn't discriminate where, you know, the hobbyist and also the most seasoned pro, they all need you. Yep. That's absolutely true. Um, any, I say that any artist or any voiceover artist, they should ha have a team. They should have an agent or a manager or both, uh, an accountant and a lawyer um, because you use them constantly. That, that's your team. The, uh, you know, no matter where you are in, the, in your, your career, just starting out or the top of the, the ladder, you're going to need those people as your team um, to, to keep you advancing and to make sure that uh, you're getting done what you need to get done and getting jobs coming in. And so it's very important. Um, and my book um, at least gives the, the beginning artist who doesn't have a, a lawyer, an accountant, or an agent somewhere to, 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 to go to give them a little guidance. So but what about, is there any way that the, uh, the small guys can all kind of come together? And, and that's kind of what you do. But I mean, is that you ever think of putting uh, an outfit together where, where you know, it, it can have some, you could be the representative? Well, actually, I was uh, involved in um, starting a group called World Voices Organization. And that's what that is. It's kind of a, it's a, it's a, just for voiceover artists, but it's a, um, it's a, uh, and, uh a voiceover industry group, and that's exactly what it's for. It's for um, advanced voiceover artists that want to be mentors to new people. Um, it's a group where new people uh, where new people can go to learn about the industry. Um, and I highly recommend, you know, any voiceover artists should look into that group because uh, it uh, it is a place to get information and to meet other voiceover artists. All right. So it, to be or not to be. So when people think, okay, sole proprietorship, we talked about that. Uh, LLC or an S corp or, you know, is, is one better than the other? You just go for the whole enchilada or, you know, or it seems like the LLCs are the most popular. Yeah, they're the easiest. Um, the LLC and the S or C corp, the only difference really between them there's no difference legally. They all protect your personal assets and that's what you're trying to do. Keep things separate um, personally from business. Um, the only difference really, and the, the uh, one that you're going to pick will depend on your, your tax. So um, each of those uh, entities can um, save you more taxes depending on, on how much you're earning. So, you know, that's really an accounting question as to which of those three you would go with. We talked about the my bodyguard and, and the little bit of muscle that you need. And sometimes you need a lot of muscle to stand up for your rights. What's the, I guess, the ugliest thing that you ever had to do 
to be able to, you know, get someone's attention. Will that letter do it all the time or is it a phone call or what are some of the things that uh, people have gone to through the strangest lengths to, to, to get that money? <laughs> I've done phone calls. I've done letters. Uh, I've done lawsuits. <laughs> so it all depends on uh, how much resistance on, is on the other side. And is it a how much muscle you need? <laughs> can you can you be an attorney and all of a sudden you know strike up in the in the um, cafeteria a conversation say hey I'd like you to do my uh, does does it come up sometimes in the strangest ways where all of a sudden you know you're doing a case or you're you're somewhere and and uh, next thing you know you have a voiceover work to do. Oh yeah, Just that happens all the time. Conversation. Yeah, that that happens quite frequently. Sure. Absolutely. So, Rob, you also, I understand you are a filmmaker in addition. You shouldn't have all these talents, okay? That should be illegal. <laughs> you should be able to be a good attorney, a great attorney, and voiceover artist and actor. But film producer, tell us about that. Yes, um, that I really take um, a great pride in the filmmaking. Um, and basically, the way that that came about is because, uh, because of the legal side again. Um, you know, I would, uh, I was acting as a uh, attorney for certain film productions, you know, film productions would come to me and ask me to do certain aspects of their productions. Um, you know, reviewing contracts, setting up LLCs, things like that. Um, so I took that and parlayed that into film production where I decided I wanted to produce some of my own films. Wow. Uh, so I have a sh one short and a feature that I did um, over the past couple of years, and they're both in post-production, both almost finished. Can you, know, you give out the this... names of the films? Or we, 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 uh... Sure. Okay. Yeah, one is called One, and one is called Within and Without. Wow. And they're in post-production. And, so. and which one is, you know, as far as the first one that you mentioned, One, what's that about? One is about, uh, it's based loosely based on the Book of Revelation, so it's about the rapture, the end of the world. And um, I'm the lead actor on that, and uh, I, I'm I'm the last person alive. Um, and I'm not necessarily a very good guy. In fact, I'm a bad guy. Mm. <laughs> I was in jail. Um, you know, didn't really wasn't really a good family man. Um, so it's me reflecting on how I ended up being the last person alive. Um, and it's it really is because I don't I don't believe I don't believe in the afterlife for God. And that's kind of why I'm the last person alive. But then, you know, my whole, my all realizing about the afterworld, God, life, and then, you know, there's, there's kind of a happy ending at the end, but not really because the, the world is destroyed. So um, wait a minute, this is, is this a Christian film? It's kind of a Christian film. Awesome. It's, it's a sci-fi film. It really is a sci-fi film, but it's got oh, wow. the Christian aspect. In it, and are you a Christian? Just to, I thought I'd ask. I am. Yes. Yeah, very good. Wow. And uh, we had got, I uh, got Lance Hendrickson. Um, he was uh, in the star of millennium back in the nineties. Um, he's in many, many, many <laughs> films. He, he, um, he uh, is in this film. So, um, and he's a, a, you know, big sci-fi. He was in uh, alien um, big sci-fi following. Oh yeah. Uh, and what is the other one? The other one's called within and without. And that's a, a short, film that I, I read the script and I just really I I had to produce it I had to play play the dad it's it's a it's a film about a a father who um 
his uh, wife dies. And so now he's faced with uh, raising his two teenage daughters. Um, and it's the whole dynamic about how they're coping with the loss of their mom and how they're dealing with, with me trying to cope with the grief and raising them. So it was a, I, I really wanted to play that, that role. And what I want to do also is find out, can you write please like a time management book? Because I have no idea, <laughs> how do you come up with the time to be a lawyer, a film producer, an actor? And we're talking about, you know, not like, not, not the wrong community theater or anything, but you're doing like film and television and stuff like that. Where do you find the time to do that? Yeah, it's really all about priorities, you know, prioritizing. Um, you know, sometimes I can't take a, a, a TV or an acting job because I have something I have to go to court uh, and, you know, vice versa. Um, so I mean, you can't really skip court. So, but uh, the one thing that um, I have I have seen um, that that uh, it's really it it touches me in a way actually is that how all my colleagues really um, they know what I do on the you know beside being a lawyer and they're all very accommodating for the most part. Um, wow. So if if something comes up and you know I I have a, a an acting job or something that comes up, um, it rescheduled whatever's, you know, whatever court appearance or whatever's rescheduled, or I can get one of my colleagues to cover for me. And so, you know, here's what I want to ask you. Okay. And wrapping up here. And by the way, um, Rob Signum, uh, boy, I messed it up. Can you give out your whole name, please? <laughs> Siglimpeglia. You almost had it. Siglimpeglia. Right. Rob Siglimpeglia and the book Voice Over Legal, uh, essential information you need to successfully manage your voiceover and business issues. We're talking about contracts, corporations, copyrights and more. You want to get the book for sure. And uh, your website? Um, Rob, S-C-I-G-E-S-Q.com is my law. Robpaglia.com is my acting. Um, and the, you, they can get the voiceover legal book on either Amazon for the uh, electronic copy or uh, voiceoverlegal.com if they want a print version. Go get the book. Go on his website. And uh, thanks for being on the program. Thank you. It was great. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics, Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand, from headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bearedynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth to Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And by Hamilton Stands, founded in 1883 in Hamilton, Ohio, Hamilton Stands is the oldest music and instrument stand maker in the world. They offer a broad range of sheet music stands, band and orchestra instrument stands, and combo stands, including mic stands, guitar and keyboard stands, and accessories. In fact, the broadcast you're listening to is made using a Hamilton stage rocker mic stand. Visit HamiltonStands.com. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission 
to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics along with free expert advice. Total Sound Control products from Oralex enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators.